Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 45 of the Tick Bootcamp podcast. The title of today's interview is Before Danica, an interview with professional race car driver Angelica Fuentes Garcia. My name is Richard Johannesson. And I'm Matt Sabatello. Today's podcast guest is the international racing champion Angelica Fuentes Garcia. Angelica Fuentes Garcia is a 50-year-old woman residing with her Scottish-born husband in London, England. She is a third-generation professional race car driver born and raised in Mexico. Ms. Fuentes Garcia was a racing prodigy. She was a licensed race car driver at the age of 13, and she won her first national championship at the age of 16. She won her second Mexican national championship in 2006. Her two Mexican national championships broke racing's gender barrier. During her illustrious career, she has participated in races and rallies all over the world, collecting numerous wins, including seven European national championships. Unfortunately, Ms. Fuentes Garcia became sick and was forced to resign from her racing team. Her illness started after a tick bite she suffered in Monte Carlo. Despite the classic presentation of a rash at the site of her bite, she was misdiagnosed by 22 separate doctors in the UK and Mexico. Hi, Angelica, and welcome to the program. Hello, Richard. Thank you for having me in your program. We're blessed to have you. So, Angelica, can you um, share with our listeners how your life was different before you began to show symptoms of a tick disease? Yes, well, I was, as a friend used to call me, I was a jumping bean, Mexican jumping bean. I was happy. I was doing so many things with my business. I am in the jewelry business. I was racing. I was going to the, the gym. I was so independent, a woman that had energy. My mom used to call me my hurricane. Every time I went back to Mexico, we were like, let's, let's go here. There. It was an ongoing energy in my body. As we say, I was living the dream. You were born and you grew up in Mexico? I was born and grew up in Mexico until I was 34. And through motor racing, I met my husband, Keith that now we are, that's why I end up living in London. He's Scottish and we live in London. So let's talk about your motor racing background. I, I understand that you began motor racing as a young child. Yes, I was lucky enough that I, my dad goes, goes back to my grandfather then my dad and he was very, he was a racing driver then rally driver. And I just love this, this, this sport. And I went into rallying since I was 13 when I was little and then I was uh, rallying when I was 14 as a driver in the rally car that my, that my dad used to, to drive. So, and I achieved my first championship when I was 16 as a driver. So let, let's walk back, back for a minute, Angelica. You, so you began driving when you were 13 and you were able to get your driver's license or at least your racing license at, at the young age of 13? Yes, on those days, you were allowed to do that, you know, by your parents signing this, like a release in this paper and that they gave you the permission. And on those days, you were allowed to drive and to compete. And you always had, uh, a, I guess, a special skill that allowed you to perform at a very high level, even at that very young age. Yes, I well, I think you develop things, you, you know, like I was... And obviously, I had my my dad that was my best coach ever. My first rally that I did as a driver, he was for driving me. And I managed to spin the car, up, you know, by mistake. And, and he just, instead of shouting at me, he was all relaxed. We almost crashed. And he said, 
come on, you know, you never, you know, the steering wheel, you never hold it like that. You learn, come on, let's keep moving. We're losing time and he just, you know, and I think he, well, he taught me a lot. And then at some point he ended up being my sponsorship. It is very rare that we see women racing at any level. And you were, you were racing at the highest levels in Mexico as early as 16 years old. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And on those years, we we're talking about 1984. On those days, I was very, a very, you know, very rare to see a woman. And then a woman that was performing well. And, and actually, at at some point, I couldn't even be a member of a club because I was a woman. You won two separate championships in Mexico. And, and it's my understanding that you're the only woman to have ever won a racing or a rally championship in the country of Mexico. Yeah. I, until now, I am the only woman to, to manage to win a championship as a driver in regularity rallies and as a co-driver in the national championship of Mexico. So I'm assuming because you had so much success both as a, as a child and then as a young adult, that it was your vision that you would continue to race at, high, at a high level for the rest of your life. Yes, that's, that's, that has been my plan. And motor racing has been, you know, part of, big part of my life. And, uh, you know, around, I have been lucky that I have running around the world, you know, Tasmania, I did hike peak in Colorado and you know I have two records there and you know seven championships in the UK uh, Monte Carlo rally so and the the opportunities have been coming along and along and the more I do it it, it's just nice to see how more doors open to keep racing. Can you share with our listeners how you began to exhibit tick disease symptoms and what impact that had on your ability to progress as a professional race car driver? I knew that I was beaten, but I never, I wasn't aware of Lyme disease, never heard of that. And I started getting really tired. So the, 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 the illness didn't de develop until two months later after my, my, the bite. But I, in between those two months, I started notice that I was very tired, sleeping naps, but I thought, you know, I am maybe over-exercising because I was very fit at the time. I was going to the gym once uh, a day for an hour and a half. I was running my business, and, and then I had a couple of days my, that my hands got a little bit shaky. And I said, well, that's strange. Maybe, I'm, you know, I didn't sleep well last night. And we always find excuses until I went to Mexico to do one of my rallies and this nightmare, what I call nightmare, started and I went just completely down the hill there. How old were you when you began to exhibit the symptoms that you just described to us? I was 47. And for how long a period of time did you treat before you were able to get a tick disease diagnosis? I was misdiagnosed for seven months. I saw 22 doctors between Mexico and the UK, and nobody knew what was wrong with me. That's why I, now I'm dealing with a chronic Lyme disease, because it took more than six months to be diagnosed. So you mentioned that you recall the tick bite that caused your illness. Can you walk back a little bit and describe that tick bite for us? 
I was bitten in a hotel room because I wasn't walking in any long grass in in the hills. I was bitten while I was doing Monte Carlo Rally Historic in France. And I remember at the end of the rally, during the rally, my eyelid, I was bitten on the eyelid. My eyelid was really swollen and skin like, like flakes was coming off my eyelid and it was really painful, very painful. And so I stayed like that, like three or four days until I went, came back to the UK and then went to see the doctor because at some point I thought this is an herpes or something. It was really bad. And he sent me to the hospital and I got checked there by another two doctors and a nurse. And they thought I, I came up with a reaction of a soap or makeup, but I'm not a person that wears makeup every day. So, and that went on for almost a month that I couldn't even touch my eyelid. Even water was really irritable on my skin. So yeah, it was very uncomfortable. And Angelica, you said that the hospital mentioned that this was a reaction to makeup? Yes, to makeup and yeah, to makeup or something. If I have changed any products on my face or and I said, no, nope, it just came out of, of the blue. So nobody really make up a link that this was a bite. And now when I see a picture, because I took, took a picture and, and I sent it to a friend that is an eye doctor in Mexico saying, I have this problem. They can't help me here. I don't know what's wrong with me. And that's the only picture I have. And now when I see it, I can see like a ring, a red ring underneath it, underneath my eye. So I know I knew that that was the bite after I discovered, uh, I got informed about Lyme disease and I knew that that was my bite. And Helica, after your tick bite in Monte Carlo, can you describe how your symptoms progressed over the next seven months? I started for the first two months, I started to, to get really tired. So I started napping for half an hour every day. That, that, that was very unusual because before I could sleep, five hours and I was perfect. I could perform without any problem, but now half an hour nap every day. And then a couple of times my, my, my hands got a little bit shaky. And then I went to Mexico two months later and I went down the hill with first fever. I started sweating a lot. I started shaking my hands. I got panic attacks. My heart was just really in a bad shape. I ended up in hospital in an emergency. They diagnosed me like if I had typhoid and then I developed from there, the next day I developed vertigo. And when I was heading to see the doctor, I ended up in a wheelchair because my, my body starts shaking. It's such a bad way. And the feeling of passing out, it was so, so strong. I had a lot of sensitivity to noise and my eyes started getting blurry. I remember being in a restaurant with my family and I just started crying because half of my body was paralyzed. I couldn't move. So imagine from being a very healthy girl, no fearless, what I always say, I was fearless all of a sudden you're dealing with all these symptoms that appear from nowhere 
and I just completely lost my whole independence in those seven months, reach a point that I couldn't even go to the supermarket alone. I was always driven with my, for, by my husband. I was always, he was always with me when I was going shopping. And sometimes I just had energy just to have a shower and go back to, to sleep. I got horrible insomnia as well, bleeding of my gums. I started losing hair like crazy. I felt like my nerves on my cheeks were jumping. I got as well really, really bad pain on one of my hands. I couldn't even bear the, 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 to touch it. It's issues. I can go on and on about all these symptoms, you know, DC, uh, joint pains, uh, headaches. At some point, I felt like electric shock in the middle of my brain. So, Angelica, you left England after two months and went to Mexico to seek further treatment. What caused you to leave England and go to Mexico? No, I went to Mexico to do a rally when all these symptoms developed really badly. And then I went, flew back to London without knowing what was my problem. I kept looking for an answer. I ended up seeing 22 doctors in total between Mexico and the UK. And nobody knew what was wrong with me. What types of doctors did you see? Have you called ear, nose, and throat doctor? Infectious disease doctor? That was absolutely appalling that way she treated me because she said that at some point uh, she thought that I I had AIDS and the vertigo I had is because I was racing. I should say the doctors in the hospital, they were specialist eye doctors gastroenterologist. When I was in in emergency, I was seen by five different specialists there. And yeah, say it's all type of doctors and degrees and, you know, very renowned and well-known doctors and nobody knew what what, what was wrong with me. And at the end of the seven-month period, you were pretty much dependent on your husband to get out and do anything. Absolutely. And as I say, I lost all my, my independence. I became, as a being, as a being such an independent woman, fear, fearless, you know, running my own business, motivating, traveling the world on my own. I couldn't do that. I couldn't even go out around the corner on my own. So now when this seven-month period ended, you finally found a doctor that identified Lyme disease as the cause of all of your problems. Can you walk us through that discovery that you finally have a, a reason to all of your symptoms? I would say an accident maybe on social media when I decided that, well, the plan of leaving my team was it's not the year before, but it didn't happen. And then I decided to leave my team. And when I resigned my racing team at the time, and I needed to let all my friends and fans, because I have some followers all around, which were my plans. And when, when this post on my social media went out, my husband insisted for me to write that I was dealing with a virus. And I didn't want that to happen, but he said, you need to let them know. And I'm so grateful that we did. Because of that post, when somebody read it, my dear friend, and I call him my little motor racing angel, Stoffel, 
read my post that I was dealing with a virus, he came back on a private message saying, don't know your symptoms, because I didn't describe any symptoms. I just said, I'm dealing with a, with a virus, but when I have my next motor racing plans clear, I will let you know. And he came back saying, no idea which are your symptoms, no idea which, uh, what are you dealing with, but doctors in this continent, they have forgot, they had for, forgotten about Lyme disease. And he sent me a link. And it, when I read the link, I thought, you know, this is what I have been dealing with. And the bite is the bite I had in February. This is in the focus. So I went back to the GP, requested the, the test for Lyme disease. And I must say, in the UK, they don't have an accurate test for Lyme disease. It's very unreliable. And against the GP will, he sent my test, came back positive. And she still waited for another seven days for me to get uh, antibiotics. So, Angelica, over seven months, you saw 22 different doctors between Mexico and the UK, some of them the top in their field. None of them thought Lyme disease, despite your tick bite and despite your classic Lyme symptoms. And when you finally posted that you were struggling with a virus and an illness to your fans, one of your followers actually recommended Lyme disease, which then caused you to go follow up with your doctor to then get a positive Lyme disease test. Exactly, correct. And then the doctor gave, gave me amoxicillin to, that to be honest, when you have a, because seven, six months have gone past and when you go after six months, you're dealing with chronic Lyme disease. So amoxicillin is not recommended. You should be on doxycycline and I, you know, well, it's what I have been told by my specialist. And obviously, I got prescribed the wrong antibiotic. And obviously, I got, I think, two weeks. And then when we requested the third week, I was denied the treatment. And they were saying, you know, I think she's, she's not well in her head. She's not dealing with Lyme disease. Have no idea, but we're not going to help her. Those were the words over the phone that the GP told my husband. So after 14 days of amoxicycline, after you suffering for seven months with debilitating symptoms, they said that it wasn't the Lyme disease and it was a psychological issue. Exactly. How did you feel at that point? I, I, felt, I felt more depressed. I, I felt left alone because I thought, where am I going to go now? I live in London, this is the medical system. Where do I look? Where do I ask for help? If it's not the country where I'm, I'm living, you know, where, where can I go? But I was so lucky. I, I was really sad and frustrated and angry and, and lots of feelings. And I, I was scared. I was really scared. That was, I think that was my main, because I thought, you know, if they can't help me, who is going to help me? But I was so lucky that Somebody heard about this doctor in Mexico forward me an interview that they heard, and she's one of the researchers of Lyme disease in Mexico, and now is one of the best doctors that is helping so many people in Mexico, and now people are traveling from different countries to see Almudena in Mexico. So, Angelica, how did you find this doctor again? Well, when I get denied the treatment in the UK, my cousin that works in the 
radio, she has the radio program, listen to this doctor that she was being interviewed with a patient with Lyme disease. And, you know, the whole story of Elsa and her Lyme disease, misdiagnosed for 15 years, blah, blah, blah. So, and my cousin forward me this interview saying, you know, there is a doctor here in Mexico. So next Monday, I get on the phone to this doctor that I bless and adore, and I'm so grateful. She took my phone call on the second attempt. She said, don't worry, give me, give me an hour. I will see you on Skype. First of all, I need to see you physically. And then we had a chat over the phone and said, she, I told my story, I told her my symptoms. She saw me and she said, for me, you have Lyme disease, there's no doubt. And that afternoon, mom and dad went in Mexico to see this doctor. She, they sat with this doctor. She explained about the illness and get the prescription of all the multivitamins, all the antibiotics I needed. And I was lucky enough that a friend of mine was flying to Mexico and all my treatment, my, my first treatment got flown to, to the UK with a friend. I was so lucky that, that we found Almudena and, and that has changed my life. I'm not in remission, I'm still fighting and we discovered that I'm not dealing only with Lyme disease. I have Ehrlichia and I have Anaplasma, two of the co-infections that sometimes come with Lyme disease. Did this doctor in Mexico run any additional tests other than the one that was originally done by your primary care doctor? Well, she, she, the doctor in Mexico, she has the proper, the proper test for Lyme disease and co-infections. So, and she works with, with another doctor. There are two young doctors and she has a degree in, in tropical disease from Harvard. So, and together they, they, they just work. It's a great team and, 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 you know, they are helping a lot of people in Mexico as well with Lyme disease. So now that you finally found the proper doctor to treat you the correct way for your Lyme disease and other tick diseases, what was your new revised treatment protocol with this doctor from Mexico? Well, my, my, new, my new treatment was I have been, uh, I'm, a, I'm not taking antibiotics at the moment, but I was on a, uh, two different antibiotics at the time big doses of antibiotics for months and months and months and they were she was switching the antibiotics because their bacteria gets used to the, to to them so every three months then i am in a very particular diet that to to stop inflammation in my body because that's the other thing you know we're dealing with a lot of inflammation so we it's we have to have a very specific diet and I couldn't exercise for two years, but now I'm back doing my exercises because also it's really good to exercise when you're dealing with Lyme disease, but sometimes we don't either have the energy or we can't do it because, you know, it just really affects you inside. So I have been in a regime of multivitamins. Um, I also have been trying different alternative therapies always, always to provide by my doctor in Mexico.
it's it's always what I, what I say what I will recommend to people going through Lyme disease because we want to find a, an immediate cure and there's not an, an immediate cure especially when it's chronic but also we need to find some therapies that work for some somebody that doesn't mean that work for us and so I have tried acupuncture I have tried the oxygen chamber I have tried uh, biomagnetic therapy that personally, I think that's the best thing that has worked for me. And so I say it's a combination of antibiotics, multivitamins, diet, positive thinking is very, very good. And as, as I mentioned, I think having a focus in life helps you to, to fight this illness that is not an easy illness to to be fighting did you find that the hyperbaric oxygen therapy was effective in alleviating some of your symptoms no i find it uh, it got me really bad in a bad stage so i i stopped doing that one and i don't know as i say it's but that was my personal everybody is different and every you you know my treatment might not work for somebody else that's a very complicated aspect about this illness everybody is different and everybody is unique and everybody is attacked in a different way and everybody will react in a different way with different treatments so it's just to find which is the best for you so and as well, acupuncture, I, I felt really, really bad. And I say it was causing me uh, inflammation. So I stopped doing that one as well. Now, you also mentioned that you did the bioresonance. Can you talk more about that, what it was like and how it helped you? It's just a therapy that they just put magnets around your body. And I think, and in theory, the, the magnets, they, they kill bacteria and viruses they don't name the illnesses but they like in a way trace where is the problem is your body and they put the magnets where your own body tells the you know the guy that is doing the therapy and and, and so but I felt much much better so every time when I go back to Mexico and I do my rallying and I get you know I get all these therapies that will help me to be in a very good shape for my rally. Even I, I, I get really in a bad shape after the rally, but as long as I'm okay during my rally and that, that helped me to be, you know, to, to have all this energy that I need to have for the period I, I am racing. So, yeah, as I say, I, I believe in, in this biomagnetic therapy that is not aggressive in your body as well. It's very gentle. And you, you know, I always believe that if they don't do you good, they don't harm your body. So really the theory is they identify the parts of your body where the magnets need to be placed, and then the magnets will kill the bacteria that are making you sick. Yes, that's, that's, that's the idea of this therapy. And for example, at the moment I'm trying, now that you said, I'm trying a new therapy, Qigong therapy, and it's so as well with uh, with music that apparently has cured cancer. So, and all these therapies, in a way, I'm thinking, you, you know, when you're so 
where you're dealing with such a aggressive bacteria, you need to try anything and something might work. And obviously, I think it has to come along with all these antibiotics. I don't think just just to try and find a therapy that will get rid of this illness is not not the right thing. But that's my personal view. So this 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 new therapy you're trying, you said, is music therapy. Is that what you said? It's qigong. Qigong. Can you walk us through what that actually is? Yes, you just lie on the floor. It's a therapy that comes from China, and they have these big, big dishes, and it's so gentle, the music that they, they play with these three dishes they have in front of you, and you just lie down, and let me tell you, every time I do that, I just, my body just relax, and I just fall asleep, but, and these vibrations, the idea of this music is that it will work in a particular vibration that will work with them, it's a, it's a healing therapy, what they call it. So as I say, I, I'm, I'm happy to try anything. At least it will relax my body because I think when we are dealing with Lyme, Lyme disease, we are so stressed of what, what's going on. So Angelica, have you tried any other therapies aside from your antibiotics and the ones you just mentioned, such as herbs? I tried some herbs as well. I say, you know, whatever my doctor allows me to try, I'm happy to try. And in your opinion, were the, were the herbs helpful in your treatment? I think so, because I am much better than I was. I'm not 100%. I would say maybe I am at 70% who I was. And I need to be very careful with my energy. Sometimes I need to sleep enough for two hours, but that's okay. Now I understand that's okay. And I don't push my, my, myself very hard because sometimes we try to push hard and hard and the harder you push bounce you back in a bad way so we need to push to find a gentle way how to push your body forward but also to understand that it has to be a slow pace to allow your body to heal so have you tried any other treatments like ozone therapy or glutathione or infrared saunas probiotics cbd oil anything like that I have tried probiotics. I, I tried another one that was as well with music. I was connected to a, a particular music like classic music for two hours and that treatment went for a month. So they put you music for two hours every day. So I have been trying everything that has been there for me. Well, this might work and, and you know, so what I tried. I'm, I am looking into trying the RIF or RIFE. The RIFE machine. Rife, yeah, because I heard and there are some people that are saying that they, it has worked for them. So I'm, I'm researching about that and I might try next time, you know, this therapy. So I think it's safe to say that this, this doctor from Mexico really saved your life. Correct, exactly. He knows how to deal with long treatment of antibiotics because 21 days of antibiotics, it doesn't work. So Angelica, can you share with our listeners how you're doing with your racing today? Well, with my racing, I'm doing very well. I'm very grateful that my new team, my driver, he trusts me. He knows all about Lyme disease. 
And, you know, I think when I go into the rally car, racing car, I put my helmet and my mind is so focused about racing and I wish, but, you know, it's something that I love and I'm so passionate that Lyme disease doesn't exist in that moment, you know, and because I have all this adrenaline in my, in my blood, it just keeps me focused and I can perform 100%. And obviously after every rally, I just, for two or three weeks, I'm exhausted and I might be in bed with some of the symptoms, they come back, but it's okay. They are not there when I'm racing and I can perform. And for me, racing to go back into a rally car means I'm winning this battle against Lyme disease. Has changed my life, but I'm not going to allow, allow it to take away my motor racing. For how long a period of time did you lose the opportunity to race when you were in the throes of your Lyme disease battle? Well, I did. I was so lucky that for those seven months that I was misdiagnosed, I didn't have any rally. And to be honest, when I look at if I had to race on those months, I don't think I could. I, I wasn't able to go into racing cars the way I was feeling in the state I was. I was not even confident of even thinking about me going month racing in the stage my body was. But as soon as I got diagnosed and as soon as I started my treatment, I knew that I had a rally. It was two months later. And I thought, you know, I'm going to get better. And obviously, I, I did my rally. We didn't have a good rally. We blew the engine. But after that rally, I went. I had a flare-up, a horrendous flare-up that they thought, uh, the bacteria had gone into my brain because of the symptoms I, I was showing. So I had uh, scans and everything. And I'm so lucky that my brain is clear. The bacteria is not in my brain. So how has your Lyme disease journey impacted you as a driver? Has it changed the way you drive? Has it improved? Well, I couldn't drive for two years, almost, no, I would say almost three years. So I, I couldn't drive not even a normal car until last year I started doing some driving tests that are, are not on the, you know, I don't need, I didn't need to drive around the motorway or B roads or anything. And I was fine with that. So gradually I have been going back into driving, but for two and a half years, I wasn't able to drive. But now I'm okay. And for example, when I am in the passenger seat as a co-driver doing my rally, I am fine, absolutely fine. Only once on the first rally, I had a horrible head. Only my driver noticed Gabriel, but he was okay with that. He didn't say, said anything at the time. And I just wanted to go back in into the rally car because I know as soon as I put my, my helmet, it's just I feel so secure with my helmet and I think I just get into the zone of mindfulness that this is my passion and I'm not going to allow it to take it away and I'm just fine. I don't know if I can if people can understand that, but when you have such and it's just the same as passion for life, you know, I I, I understand that my my life it's not going to be the same after this. I am a completely different person. I am, as I say, I never imagined that I, I was such a strong person 
but with this has tested me and I'm not going to allow to take my life away. Angelica, that was a really beautiful description of both your professional and your personal transformation. And that leads me to my last question. So we're now at the tick hacker portion of our, our podcast. And this is the portion of the podcast where we ask you to help your fellow Limeys and, and people who are listening to this podcast who do not want to become Limeys about how they would deal with finding a tick on them. So uh, as a tick hacker, I want to ask you, if you woke up tomorrow morning and you found a tick biting you on the leg, what would you do? First of all, I will try and take it in the proper way so the tick comes out of my leg properly without leaving the head inside. I will keep the tick in a bag and I will send it to be tested. That's the first thing I will do and keep an eye off if I had a rash because that thing about having the rash or not having the rash, it's not, it's not a rule that not having a rash is that you don't have Lyme disease. People that don't have a rash, they can get Lyme disease. And as I say, I will send the tick to be analyzed. And I think as a precaution, I will take 21 days of antibiotics supervised by a doctor. Always what I say to people, always supervised by your doctor that are, that is treating you. Because there are a lot of people trying to find an answer and medicating or people that, you know, asking other people, what are you taking for them to start taking? That's the wrong thing to do. I always, if you're going to start treatment with a doctor, stick to that treatment and trust your doctor because the doctors are the, the persons that know about Lyme disease. And it has to be a doctor that is familiar with this disease, not a doctor that is guessing or is trying to learn about this disease. Find a specialist that knows about Lyme disease. It's what I will recommend. Thank you, Angelica. That was a brilliant description of the steps uh, our listeners should consider taking in the event that they find themselves or their families bitten by a tick. And Matt and I uh, can't thank you enough for sharing all of your, your story and your brilliant insights uh, with our listeners. Oh, thank you, Richard, and thank you, Matt, for having me in, in this program. And I think making awareness, we can help more people because my story in the past, when I have shared it, it has helped people to be diagnosed. And at least something positive has brought to my life as well. I have been able to help somebody else that has been struggling for years without knowing what was her problem. And then my story has help her to find an answer to, to her problem. And I think to put a name on, on something that is so scary, so I, I can't even find the word that it's out of our control and not finding, finding an answer, being able to label your disease is very frustrating and it's very scary. But when you find that name, and I think at the beginning when I found the name of my disease, I never imagined how difficult and how bad is Lyme disease, how devastating can be and de debilitating can be Lyme disease. I think I learned it through my, my process of healing myself as well. We, we just need to embrace life. And every morning, it's, a, it's an opportunity to keep fighting for what this thing has taken away. Thank you for listening to the Tick Boot Camp interview with Angelica Fuentes Garcia. 
To our listeners, we have a call to action. First, if you'd like to learn more about Angelica Fuentes Garcia and her tick disease journey, please visit her Instagram at AngieFuentes122. Second, if you enjoyed this episode of the Tick Bootcamp Podcast, please share it with your friends by using the social media buttons you see at the bottom of our post. Third, we at the Tick Bootcamp have created a Tick Bite Blueprint that has been inspired by the information that has been provided by past podcast guests. We urge you to visit our website at www.tickbootcamp.com to view the blueprint. Please note we would appreciate any improvement suggestions you would like to offer us. Fourth, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play Music, or Spotify to get the automatic episode updates of our Tick Bootcamp podcast. And finally, we thank you, our listeners, for your past comments. Please take a minute to leave us an honest review on iTunes, Instagram, or on our website. We make it a point to read every single one of the reviews we get. Thank you for listening.